Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tori. I'm Tracy. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you from believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time today. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, housewives. Hey, hey. We are so excited to be here. This has been a long time coming. This could not get here soon enough for me. I wanted to buy microphones as soon as we said agreed to do a podcast. <laughs> and I needed a little bit more time to get to this place. Right. No, don't get me wrong. I was still anxious this morning when Ooh. I thought about recording and doing all that. And I'm like, well, it's not like I'm standing in front of people undoing this. I'm just sitting here next to you in, in a closet. <laughs> yeah. I think I was a little bit more nervous to, you know, hear my voice. Oh, the voice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want people to hear what I have to say. I just don't like hearing my voice. So I'm going to get over that. Should we get a voice changer for you? <laughs> That'd be really fun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Every episode, uh, Tracy is going to have a different voice and you'll have to guess. I mean, I do read books to my children in funny voices. It's one of their favorite things to do. So I could start doing that with all of you guys. That would be great. I think that we should. I'll get more comfortable before I do that. <laughs> well, we are so excited, clearly. And we wanted to start off this episode talking about being the unapologetic. 2019 and 2020 and 2021 has done quite a number on us, everyone in general. But in the last two years, that is where the unlikely housewives were created. So this episode, we do want to share with you how the unlikely housewives of Joko was created. We also want to share with you a couple of things that really we think made a difference on us being in this space. Yeah. Especially a big portion of that is when both Tracy and I moved to Kansas, her from Chicago, myself from Dallas. And we want to talk about what it looks like when you move to be a lifer versus a transplant. Yeah. I think we both have experienced living somewhere for a really long period of time. Lifers are being, you know, I would say someone you've been somewhere for like five, 10 years, you kind of start to like truly live there. But when you move, like we have a few times, you become that transplant where, okay, we're going to settle down. We're going to try to build our family here and create something new. And there's quite a process with that. Absolutely. And then as we go on, we are going to end every episode with a call to action for you. And that is going to inspire the unlikeliness in you because God calls the unlikely. And really it's because of him that we started this podcast to begin with. Absolutely. He said, Go be some hot messes on a podcast in front of tons of people. And we were like, you're kidding, right? Well, I wasn't. I was like, well, of course you want me to stand in front of people and talk to them. God, I'm very good at this. Yeah. I I knew that I was going to use my voice one day because I was that kid in school that like always got in trouble for talking in class. So I knew I was going to use my voice, but I didn't know it would be like this much. I, you know, I thought I could hide a little bit more, Oh, <laughs> but he said no more. <laughs> Isn't that so like God? Yep. Yeah. So now we're being obedient. We're stepping into this space. 
so and we're going to talk to you. Give us grace. <laughs> lots um, of it. Lots of grace. We're just doing what we're told. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you know, what's change. been amazing about it is the challenges that we've been through. And I would say since July, as we've started to create Unlikely Housewives and really come up with the name, how we got here, we both were, you know, we're two people with two totally separate journeys and walks with the Lord and just in our own life and how we got here. We obviously, you'll learn a little bit more about us as we continue each episode as we go further. But with us, we like, we didn't know each other five years ago. And so when we come together <laughs> and we are creating this, you're just saying we didn't know each other five years ago. And I was like, wait, huh? Well, it doesn't feel like that. No, <laughs> like that's yeah. it's, that's what the incredible thing is. Yeah. But we have had this, both of us, this separate journey. So when we come together and we're like both bringing this vision together to do a podcast, to be the unlikely, to step out into that and to be the housewives, you know, and kind of play off that we weren't sure where we were going to go. And what I think the really cool thing with unlikely, and you said it when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, when we were pre-planning, like God truly calls the unlikely. And there's a little bit of that in everybody. Every single one of God's people are unlikely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the Bible, obviously every single Bible story is an incredible example of that, you know, between Esther in a palace, Paul in a prison, Noah, nobody believed him for over a hundred years while he was building the ark. And Mm -hmm. then we don't necessarily as a wife, a mom, a daughter, a friend, we don't typically consider ourselves on the same level as a person from the Bible. Right. Right. Because we look at these people on such high pedestals and say, well, I couldn't do what Noah did. I don't think I could put up with the criticism and the mocking for a hundred years why I built a boat and it hadn't rained. <laughs> I don't think I could, but I also think that that's where a lot of our disconnect is. And when it comes to obedience yeah, with God and this podcast is really truly for Tracy and I both an act of obedience. And for you, our housewives that are listening with us, starting a podcast may not be your act of obedience. But there is something that God is calling you to do in your circle, in your life, in your circle of influences that he wants you to do. And it's unlikely. And you may feel like the unlikely, like I'm not capable of doing that, but that's exactly why God wants you to do it because it's in your weakness is his strength. As we have created, we've already talked a lot about, you know, our future episodes and what we're going to dig into. I think God's using a lot of topics that we like to, you know, sweep under the rug and we don't like to talk about. We really want to bring out some of these topics about how we feel. And the one we're going to speak on here today is just that when you move or you live somewhere, you're creating something for you personally, your marriage, your family, and relationships. And you're either a lifer which you grew up there, you know, maybe you went to college, came back and, you know, lived there, which is what a lot of Johnson County is. And also, I mean, no matter where you live, you're going to experience some people that have grown up there and you're going to experience people who have moved there for jobs or just opportunities or a better school district or, or something like a loved one. Yeah. Follow a loved one. And with both of us, we've experienced that on a couple of different levels. And I think when we started talking just a few years ago, really, when we met, it was about how alone we felt in a community that is a thriving community full of incredible people, intelligent people, 
and some amazing churches and just, you're trying to find your place. And I think that's when we were like, but how can we still feel so alone when it's so amazing? And I think that is, we want to talk about that a little bit because we want you guys to realize that, Hey, if you're sitting at home, kind of like what we like to do, you know, doing our dishes, doing our laundry, and you're, you're starting to think, well, nobody really likes to do those things. But yes, those are the things <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> that is when we're, we let our minds work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And you just let it go, but, and you can overthink a lot. Well, and so let's go back to that. So when you moved here from Chicago Mm -hmm. five years ago, yep. now tell me a little bit about your husband. Is he originally? He's originally from here. So this was moving home for him. Not for you. But not for me. (laughs) Yeah. And we lived in Chicago for almost 14 years and we have four kids and we had created such an incredible community through both our work and our children and our church. Like we were rooted. And I think that's what, you know, that becoming lifer part really is like you're rooted where you live. And so when we moved here, it was that uprooted feeling. And I think I spent so much time working for my children's relationships and helping them feel comfortable when we moved that I kind of forgot about me. And I just started making friends with my kids friends, families, right? That just kind of naturally happened. Absolutely. Four kids. I was making so many connections, incredible ones all the time. Yeah. Your kids are in sports. So it's the same parents that you see at the soccer field or the baseball field. And yeah, so those relationships automatically grow, but a lot of times those are not the relationships that we need. We just settle for those relationships. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, are still some of my really good friends today and they know who they are. And it's because they've walked through the hard stuff with me. I've been asked the questions of like, how are you doing? What do you need? Those kinds of things. And I think that's what I longed for having had it in Chicago when I moved here. And when I was really struggling and something we've talked about, you know, my husband gave me the great advice of like, really just focus on those five core relationships. Like just let them pour into you. And, and I did, but they none of them were here. It was my, you know, best friend back home, you know, my family, uh, college friend, like people that I was really close to, they were pouring into me, but it's crazy how you can have so many of those incredible relationships. But when you're in your home and you're driving around in your community and you're heading to different places and sports, you can still feel alone because that person's not going to be there that just walks up and gives you a hug and says, how are you today? How are you doing? Like checking in on you. It makes a huge, huge difference for a local person to have that local ride or die go-to person who gets you, all of you, who accepts the weirdness, who <laughs> is there when you're not feeling great and goes, no, really like sit down, let's talk about it. I mean, I'm fortunate. One of my best friends. I've known her for 30 years, which is hard to say. I mean, there are some marriages that don't last that long. Right. And she is my person, but it's so hard not being in the same town as her. Like there's so much of each other's lives that we miss. And I think a lot of times we settle for thinking like, she's always in the back of my mind. Like that is always a person that I know I can rely on. You know, we all need those friends that are going to help us hide the body, like, (laughs) or bail us out of jail. Like I know that if I, she's one phone number, this is also a fun note. Yes. You have to have one phone number that you have memorized that is not your parents. That's right. Or your husband. And I don't know that I can do that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because that can be your one person that can bail you out of jail. 
And if you don't want your parents or your spouse to know. Yep. <laughs> so you need to memorize my phone number. Okay. But that is such a different feeling. Like when her and I are in the same space and I go back and visit her in Texas, it's as if nothing, time has not passed. We're right. the exact same, right? And I yep. know you have that oh, with yeah. some friends. Absolutely. But it's on a day-to-day basis, it's so nice to have somebody who can actually, like you said, give you that physical hug or to drop off food when you don't feel good Mm -hmm. and take care of your family in such a way. And I think, again, we rationalize, oh, well, you know, it's okay. I can FaceTime. I can do all these things. And so we don't go out and seek those authentic relationships with people. And God calls us into fellowship. Like that is what we need. That's where our community is. Let me just define that, you know, while this whole, like you're a life or where you live, or you're a transplant, you know, we aren't just talking about Johnson County. <laughs> we are talking about everywhere. And I mean, we're talking about if, if you didn't catch in our first little trailer, but Johnson County, Kansas is where we live, which is an incredible community. It also happens to be the wealthiest community in the state of Kansas where we live. And so while that brings great advantages and opportunities, it also comes with a lot of just challenges, challenges. Yeah. That, yes. that like comparison, um, yeah. which is the thief of joy, you know, just, there's a lot that comes along with that, but we wanted to make sure you guys realize, because we know you're listening from all around, you can feel this and you can recognize this where you are. When I lived in Chicago, I mean, it's one of the most transient cities ever, <laughs> you know, and we're going to have people listening from bigger cities as well. And people come and go all the time. And so while they say those people leave footprints on your heart and they're there for that season of life that you're living when you're a transplant, you know, and again, we've moved here and this is our home now and we're settling and we're going to get deeply rooted and we're hopefully going to stay here for a really long time. There's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. And I admire the military families and, you know, so many people like that, that do live this transplant constant life, but long for that and claim it early because they've done it and they find their people. They've had that growth. Some haven't probably, but some have. So when we're talking about the growth, like you and I have had a lot of growth. So we haven't really touched on your story, Tori. So let's just real quickly talk about how the story that you have, you've moved not once, but twice. Yes. So I born and raised in North Dallas and months after our wedding, my husband decided to uh, accept a job offer. I mean, we clearly had talked about it obviously, but (laughs) to take a job offer in Baltimore, Maryland. And so that was the furthest I'd ever lived away from my parents ever. And we moved to Maryland without knowing anybody. We didn't have kids at the time. And so that has been one example of how learning how to be the transplant in the area. We ended up only staying there for about a year and a half, moved back to Texas where my family still was. His parents moved into the Dallas area as well. And then five years later, we at that point had kids and he accepted a job here in Kansas in Johnson County. And so moving away from both sets of grandparents, we now had our two girls and again, knew absolutely no one. And that's, it's very different moving to a city when you don't have kids and know no one. And then it's also very different when you do have kids and still don't know anyone. And those were very different situations. Granted, now we have a set of grandparents that have moved up here with us Mm -hmm. that live about five minutes away from us, which is great. And we have, like you, have got our roots down that we fully intend to be here as long as we can and as long as God uses us in the spot. Yep. 
but it's a different, when you move to a city and don't know anyone, you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. You don't know how do you find recommendations for places in that area? Like we, so many of us go to Facebook, Hey, I'm visiting such and such. Where should I go? Try moving to a city and trying to figure out what that's like. Yeah. You like what neighborhood? Where's a good part of town? Where's a bad part of town? Church homes, schools, you go off recommendations of people you don't even know or just what Google says. Yeah. Because that's all the information you've got. I was fortunate enough, obviously, having my in-laws here as well and some friends of my husband's that I was able to say, where's the veterinarian? Where is, you know, this place to shop or or go to for things? So I was able to get a few things in the beginning, which was helpful. But I remember once we finally connected, we were kind of doing that. A little bit more too. <laughs> Absolutely. And it also helps for me that you had been here for 18 months before I had. Right. There was that time difference. It also was a great help for, I mean, part of our story is our kids. Yeah. Our kids, we have our youngest is the exact same age. Mm-hmm. And so having kids in the same age groups and age ranges is really nice because then you know, hey, let's do this or yeah. this worked really well. This because having girls is what gymnastics and other sports and use this soccer team or that's whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, and that's so a whole nother level. We gonna talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> sports <laughs> here. Oh my Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's change gears a little bit. And obviously we've talked about moving here and the feelings of that. And we are going to, you know, dive into a lot of feelings and relationships and friendships and things down the road. But one of the things that we want to talk about is, we're not who we used to be and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. And I would even go as far to say is I can see a distinct difference in myself from the person I was, you know, my family in North Dallas, mm-hmm. I became a completely different person. I became more of my true self when I moved to Kansas than I ever have in my entire life, Yeah, which is fascinating to me because born and raised in North Dallas, I knew that city like the back of my hand. I had friendships that I had had, the longest time, things like that. But when I moved here, I didn't have to be who people thought I was 10 years ago. There was no preconceived notions. They had no expectations of what you could leave some stuff behind. Exactly. And that is exactly what I did. Yeah. I left a lot of baggage, mental, emotional, because we all do it. Let's be honest. We all add things to our personalities or, well, they want me to be more like this, or, you know, you're a quieter person when I'm not a quiet person. Yeah. And I used to kind of hold my tongue in certain circles. And when I came here, I decided, you know what? I'm kind of done with that. Yeah. Age made a difference too. Yep. You know, a little bit wiser, a little bit wiser. <laughs> and also it's, you get to that point where I was exhausted, mm-hmm. exhausted, trying to be somebody meet other people's expectations. When I felt moving here gave me the opportunity, you know what? I'm going to be me. And then I'm going to find the people that like me for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not now, this is all to say that my friends in Dallas, I love and adore them. And I know that they loved and adored my weirdness, my quirks, <laughs> all my things. And so there was certainly that too, but it does when you get to start over and you decide that's it, that's the key. When you get to start over, you don't just fall in line. You just say, I'm going to be who I am. And the people that like me will like me. And the people that don't, don't. 
that is the greatest gift yeah. that you can possibly have. And I think that's what I admire so much about you is that you are so true to yourself and you're so honest because I think on the flip side, I struggled with that when I moved here because I had all of that in Chicago. I had the groups, I had the mom's group, I had the church friends, the school friends, the neighbors, like our neighborhood was amazing. I had 45 kids on the block. Like people would go outside, they'd take care of your kids. They'd come back over. Like we were just a community and I had that. So when I moved here, like I kind of expect, it was those expectations. I expected that would all be the same. But you want to know one of the things that was the weirdest when I moved here is when you would pull in a garage in your neighborhood and the garage door shuts, you actually don't see people unless it's really nice outside. (laughs) That was the weirdest thing for me because when I was in Chicago, we would park on the street. So you get out, you'd say hey to the neighbors when you were getting home. I mean, you saw people all the time. You don't see people as much here unless it's a gorgeous day outside. Okay. Side note. (laughs) So you know what's so funny is coming from Texas, there are very few alleys where we in North Alice, they just don't make alleys anymore. Mm -hmm. And all the garages are on the front. So when people pulled into their driveway, they pull into the driveway and shut the garage here. We were actually surprised on how much more people come out and seek out and talk to you versus Texas coming from that. So you and I have actually had the opposite. The other thing that bothered us so much about coming from like in Texas, we had an eight foot board on board fence for our backyard. Here in our neighborhood, it's required to have that rod iron spacing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People see your entire back space. And that was like a huge shock of like, wow, when you're in your backyard, like everybody knows it. Yeah. They're watching. (laughs) They want to come play. They want to come play. (laughs) But that has been a very big adjustment for us too, is because like we have this, you know, monster play set now and kids are naturally attracted to it, which is great because my girls love it. They're like, come on over. Bring it on. Yeah. So that's funny that we had opposite reactions to that. Yeah. So I know random tangent, get used to those kids. We're going to do that a little bit. Absolutely. (laughs) But let's go back to this. Let's talk about the whole, we're not who we used to be and that's okay. And I think we want to go back to, we were talking about this, you know, beforehand and when you move, you're getting settled, you're finding out who you are and guess what? We got hit with a pandemic. So we're going to talk. I don't real- know. Did you guys get hit with the pandemic too? Did that happen everywhere? No. Is 2020 a cuss word? Do you guys do like it yeah. is? <laughs> we're the first rule of 2021 is we don't speak of 2020. Yeah. No, we, we've realized that we changed when we moved. Okay. So that was our first level. I would say that we just like peeling back the layers. We've become so much more of who God called us to be in that space when we moved. But then in 2019, obviously things started to change and then we're just not who we used to be. And I think that's what we want to talk about. We've changed a little. Right. And when we say we, we mean everybody, Yeah. whether people acknowledge it or not, we have to realize that the world we live in is not the same. We have to realize that, I mean, we can list everything from pre-COVID to yeah. post-COVID, right? That was that year of like, that was our last like normalcy. That was that full right. year, 2019. <laughs> Let's be real. Normalcy is a fallacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have got now since everything people were almost two years in. I mean, at this point, we're almost coming on to the second anniversary of when the initial lockdowns came up. Mm -hmm. So have you taken the time to realize what's different? What about you has changed? Good, bad. I think for us, we have gotten more family time. Yeah. 
that can be good. That can be bad. <laughs> I also think, I mean, we got to talk about the marriages. Those are different. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think we've talked about it a lot because, you know, our husbands weren't home until, you know, 2020. We both have husbands in sales, sales like jobs. Yep. So our husbands would work 60 to 70 hours a week. Our husbands would see their coworkers, their employees, their supervisors, their bosses more often than they would see us, their spouses and their children and children. So to switch in a matter of weeks, I think it's weeks for you too. Yep. It was incredible. Yeah. And we know we're not alone. That's why we're talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You guys had some traveling husbands that all of a sudden were home. Or you traveled. Yeah. As I mean, you might be a working mom, a working wife. You might have been traveling or you might have been the one that was gone 60 to 70 hours a week. And all of a sudden it brought you home to work from home. Yeah. We know that all these relationships, you know, with your spouse, with your children, I mean, some of us had to homeschool her kids. Some of us had to find alternative arrangements. You know, we were doing hybrid school. I mean, we've worked through so much with both spouse in our marriage and children, you know, relationship wise, emotionally, spiritually, you know, there were, That was a a hard year, but thank goodness. A lot of praying that I would not go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Please, God, don't let me kill them. Please, God, don't let me kill them. You prayed for some serious strength. I did. (laughs) I did. In the beginning of the pandemic is when I told my neighbors and I said, hey, if you see me digging a hole in the backyard (laughs) that happens to be six feet deep. Don't worry about it. I've taken up gardening. No, you just wanted to social distance six feet. <laughs> <laughs> from my, from my like, I'm just going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, well, we know the relationships have changed. Let's just acknowledge that. And like we said, good, bad. We don't know, but we are acknowledging that we know that the relationships have changed and we want you guys to take a little bit of the time that we have. I mean, obviously we've spent a little bit more time in some personal growth. We both have done a lot of personal growth over this last year, really two years, really clinging to our faith, you know, digging deeper spiritually, finding our walk with the Lord just more solid, which is obviously why we're here being extremely obedient (laughs) and speaking, but it really comes down to, you have to start somewhere and growing. And the first step is acknowledging the loneliness, acknowledging the hardship, you know, maybe you didn't move, maybe you're exactly where you were five years ago and even before the pandemic, but we know change has a major effect on people. And while we can speak of the goodness that's come from it, there's a lot of people that can't. Absolutely. And like you said, it's the acknowledging that it's not the same. You woke up one day and life was completely different. You were not allowed to leave your house. All of a sudden, your entire family was in a house together. And so when you acknowledge that that has one that had happened and we're not trying to sweep it under the rug, we can also say you're not the same person because you, no matter what, you had to adapt, whether you you realize it or not. In some ways you had to adapt. You had to adapt with your more of your family being home. You had to adapt with your kids. You've helped your kids adapt to things as they've changed. Uh, maybe you had to work more. Maybe you had to work more. Maybe you've had to change jobs. Maybe you've had to add a job. Maybe you had to take a job away. Whatever you've adapted. And that means that you are not who you used to be. Now, here's the important part 
that we want people to realize that it's okay. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for me has been as relationships have changed, not just with family, but with friendships, people's priorities have changed over the last two years. Mm -hmm. And so friendships have changed. People who I would talk to more often on a daily basis, whatever the case may be, our priorities have changed and have taken us different directions. Mm -hmm. And again, that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts. Yep. Just because, you know, when you realize that you're not where you used to be in your relationship, it's not the same. It can sting a little bit. And I think that that's something that more of us are realizing now. We also, we also all, I mean, I know for me, like the number one thing that I've gained this year is peace, like peace in my heart, peace in my home so much that I don't want my peace interrupted. <laughs> like it's something that as a busy mom of four kids, a crazy house, I'm running my own business from home, you know, two dogs, like it's crazy. But when I have that space and that peace, I used to fill it to just be social and to just be, you know, not losing that connection. And I think I got prior to, you know, really that was what was happening in 2019. I wasn't getting my stuff done at home. I would say, oh, I I really, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that closet that really needs organized, or I'm going to get to that project that I want to work on for work. I would get to that point, but I would never allow myself that time to do it. Well, now that I've done this growth and I have all this peace, like really in my home, which is like really such a gift (laughs) to me that I haven't had in can't even tell you how long it has given me that priority and that standard that I'm not going to fill that back up. Like that's important to me. Well, what's funny is true that I misspoke earlier. It's not that people's priorities have changed. Your faith and your family have always been number one Yeah, in your heart, in your mindset. Like that has always been your target. Mm-hmm. It's not that all of a sudden those are your number one priorities. It's the fact that we prioritize them differently. Yeah. And that is what people are not acknowledging mm-hmm. is that we're prioritizing things differently and we are aligning ourselves more with our priorities. I can work 60 hours a week. I'm doing it for my family because my family is my number one priority. But when things have changed and now you're going, okay, well, now I'm working 40 hours a week, but I'm still I'm doing other things, but my family is my number one priority because they fill in the gaps more mm-hmm. than that social time with the coworkers or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what is making a difference. And I want more people to experience that mm-hmm. than just saying that, well, our priorities are different. It's not necessarily, you're just becoming more aligned with what your priorities are. Yeah. We and- had to have some of that stuff taken away from us. I mean, that is one of the gifts out of 2020, you know, like it was hard, but we had to have some of that stuff taken away for us to realize, wait, this feels really good. And this is really nice. And and not only do I want to remember this, I wanted some of it to stay the same. If you had asked me at the end of March, if I had ever wanted my husband to travel less and (laughs) to be home more, I would have been like, "Mm, let's not go that far. Now I can't imagine him being gone more Mm -hmm. and going back to his crazy work hours and things like that. And that's like, that's incredible to me. So 
As we wrap up today's episode, one, we just want to, first of all, just thank you guys Yes, for, there are so many of you that have supported us in this journey of getting this up and going and started. So to be able to launch this, we are just so excited and just so incredibly thankful for the people that have helped us make it happen. So today we want to leave you with a call to action to inspire the unlikeliness in you. We want you to just take some personal time to acknowledge that you are no longer the 2019 version of you. Yeah. You are a (laughs) 2.0 of yourself. However that looks like to you. Is it journaling? Do you want to write on that for a while? Do you want to meditate on that for a while? Do you want to just simply repeat that to yourself while you're standing in front of the mirror? Yeah. However that looks like to you, we just want you to acknowledge the elephant and say, I'm not the 2019 version of me. And And that's okay. It could even be before that. Like when we moved here, (laughs) I wasn't who I used to be and that's okay. I think the one thing we just are hitting on is we want you to acknowledge that change is okay. There's beauty in that. Like there's beauty from the ashes, you know, things are hard. We don't recognize it when we're in that hard season, but we want you to say, I'm not who I used to be and that's okay. And own it and grow from it. So Thank you again for helping us start and launch this journey and see you next time. See you next time. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow, but living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Find our link in the show notes. Be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, freely, and be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.